Well, good evening, Living Hope Community Church, and it's another beautiful Sunday evening, and we're so excited to have you, each and every one of you join us here again this evening. Um, we want to give God praise and thanks for each and every one of you, wherever you are joining us from, and it's, uh, it's a wonderful thing that we can come together to worship the Lord, um, despite uh, we are not able to gather in person, but we're able to do so with the technology that we have, and we wanted to say thank you for taking the time to join us. If you have your Bibles, I would uh, I encourage you to take it and turn with me to, to Joshua chapter 1, and we are going to read um, from verse 1 all the way to verse 16 in Joshua chapter 1. So I will give you a minute to find your Bible, or whether you're using an online version or a hard copy as I do, um, I'll give you a minute to find uh, Joshua chapter 1. It's just after the, the five book of Moses. So it's the sixth book in the Old Testament. For those of you who are not familiar with um, finding um, books in the Bible, you can go to the sixth book um, of the Old Testament and you will find Joshua chapter 1. Um, before we read God's word, I would like to... Um, Ask the Lord's blessing upon his word. And so I ask if you can join me with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father, we, we just want to acknowledge you again, Lord. We want to thank you for the beautiful worship here this evening. Um, and so we continue to give you praise and give thanks to you, God. Lord, we, we look to you this evening, Father, and we ask, God, that you will lead us by your spirit, Father. We know that it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. God, it's through the working of your Holy Spirit that you speak to each and every one of us. God, wherever we are this evening, God, Lord, whether in Guyana, in Suriname, in Canada, in the U.S., across the globe, wherever your people are joining us tonight, God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will minister to them. We pray this evening, Lord, that you will take your word and apply it into their hearts and into their lives. God, it's only you that can do such a work in their lives. It's only you can remove the hindrances and the shortcomings and the failure. And God, we ask today, Lord, that whatever there is that is hindering us from receiving your word, God, that you will remove it. And Lord God, we pray that your word will find an abiding place in our hearts. God, that we can grow in our walk and in our relationship with you. Lord, we, we just give you praise and thanks, God. And I ask and pray, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock, and our salvation. And so we continue to ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. This, um, at this point in time, we'll jump into Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to read all the way to verse 16. And Joshua chapter 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, Euph the river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And God's command to Joshua, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success. Wherever you go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will have your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And hear the response of the people. And Joshua command the officers of the people. Pass through the midst of the camp and command the people. Prepared provisions for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan. To into the, sorry, pass over this Jordan in, and to go into the, take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the, word of, remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your, uh, and your livestock shall remain in the land that Moses gave to you beyond the Jordan. But all the men of valor among you shall pass over armed before your brothers and shall help them until the Lord give rest to your brothers as he has to you and they also take possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them then you shall return to the land of your possession and shall possess it the land that Moses the servant of the Lord gave to you beyond the Jordan towards the sunrise and they answered this is their response all that you have commanded us we will do and wherever you send us we will go just as we obeyed Moses in all the things we will obey you only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebel against your command and disobeyed your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Now the first thing that I wanted to, to, to say here this evening here is... Um, uh, Basically, have you ever heard someone say something or read an article and you know how, um, whether it's true or not? You're the only, you, you know, as soon as you read it, you will know whether it's true or not. And, and, and if you know that the article is not true, maybe, immediate, maybe your immediate reaction is like what I did when I just read um, when I was reading this passage of scripture here this week um, to prepare this message, when I read the response of the children of Israel that you just read in verse 16 to 18, and the response to Joshua. So let us just maybe for a minute go back to those of you who, want to, who haven't heard the people's response to Joshua after he told them, after God commanded him and then he go and he told them. Let us look for that for a moment. Joshua said, all, here's the people's response. All that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go, just as we obeyed Moses in all things. 
so we will obey you, the people said. Only, only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. This is their response. Whoever rebel against your command and disobeyed your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Now, now this is their response. And for those of you who knew the history of the children of Israel, one thing was very clear when reading the Exodus story, brothers and sisters, is that Moses had to consistently Moses had to consistently deal with their ongoing murmuring and complaint. So when I, when, I, when I read that passage there, the first thing that came to mind was, yeah, right. I mean, this is their response to, to Joshua. And the first thing that came to my mind was, yeah, right. Do you think these people are going to be people who will continue, who will, who will keep their word, or, or, or they're just, just, just very... Um, uh, deceptive in, in their response. And for, 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 for 40 years, they spent their time complaining to Moses. Majority of their life, they were murmuring and complaining. Now, I want to I touch on a little of that um, tonight. So just um, bear with me. Let me set some context as to where I'm going. Because the title of my message is God's, God's um, Encouragement to Joshua. And there are four things that God encouraged Joshua here um, that we're going to look at. Maybe we're not going to be able to cover everything in this message, but we're going to cover it in the coming weeks because it's important for us to look at this passage. Now, after 430 years, 430 years, for those of you who know your history, God heard the children of Israel cry when they were in the land of Egypt. They, they were in the land of Egypt for 430 years and they were held um, they, were, they were slaves in the land of Egypt after the death of, of, of Joseph. And they find themselves, now they find themselves as a free nation standing at the brink. God delivered them, sorry, God delivered them from the hand of the Egyptian. God sent Moses to deliver them. And we know the nine, the ten plagues and the many different things that happened. And then finally they were let go. And in the midst of them uh, going in the, uh, towards the, the promised land, the land that God promised them, they came to the bank of the river of the Red Sea. And having nowhere to go, they immediately, immediately forget about the Lord. The Lord who delivered them out of, the, out of bondage and started to complain that the Lord brought them out of Egypt to kill them. And that was their response. They turned to Moses and said, is that this, this is what you brought us out here for? To kill us? To die in the wilderness? Now this, 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 the psalmist, um, Psalms 106 bear record of this. And I'll read that for you um, um, very quickly. Hear what Psalms 106 says in verse 6 and verse 7. It says, We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercy, but rebel by the sea, the Red Sea. Psalms 106 bear witness that the children, the children of the children of Israel are confessing for their, for, for their forefathers and their parents. And as they're confessing, Psalms 106 bear record of that, that the people complained. And later, not only did they complain that they were going to die in the wilderness, but they complained that God brought them to starve them in the wilderness. 
that in Egypt they had all the better food to eat and the thing to drink and they remember the cucumbers and the pomegranates. They remember everything. And then the next day God gave them manna and quail. And then they complained again about quail and manna. And over the course of 40 years, over the course of 40 years, they complained more than 14 times to Moses about their wilderness experience. And this is the kind of people that Moses had to deal with. Even though they have seen the hand of God in delivering them from the bondage, from bondage of the Egyptian, God delivered them from the power of, of, of Pharaoh. They have seen God's provision while they were in the wilderness. And they have seen God's protection because God gave them the, a fire of cloud in the night. And a, 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 I think a pillar of fire in the night and a cloud by day for them for the protection to, to show them that his presence was still with them. Yet they complained and murmur and complained and murmur against God. And they continued to do this over and over. They were known, for me, they were known as ungrateful or unappreciated generation. And then Psalm 78, bear record to us and, 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 and had these words to say, How often they provoked him, which is God, in the wilderness and grieved him in, in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God. And limit the only one of Israel. They did not remember his power. They, the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. They forget everything about the Lord God. Who delivered them. Who provide for them. Who protect them. Who kept them. You know they said. It's wanting to take a pig out of the mud. I'm not calling them pigs by the way. I'm saying it's wanting to take a pig out of the mud. But you can't take the mud out of the pig. Because he's always going to want to go back there. And that is exactly what happened to the children of Israel. They constantly, consistently wanted in their mind, in, in their behavior, in their reaction is going back to, 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 to slavery. They are going back into the days of, of when they were under the bondage of the Egyptian. And they could have never seen the God's promise and God's protection. And God's provision over their lives. And that's what the psalmist says. How often they provoked him in the wilderness. And grieved him in the desert. Yes again and again they tempted God. And limit the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. And then when he redeemed them from the enemy. They forgot all about that. So let us for a minute pause. Let us pause for a moment. And take a deep look, brothers and sisters, every one of you that are listening to the sound of my voice this afternoon. Let us take a deep look within ourselves and ask yourself. Ask yourself this question, and I'm speaking directly to you, everyone that is listening. And this question is, is, is for you, not for your brother, your sister, or someone else that are sitting next, next to you. I'm asking you to look, not on, I'm asking you not to look at someone else, but to look at yourself. How many times have you find yourself complaining to God when things don't go the way you expect it to go? Even in the midst of your current situation, I don't know your situation tonight, whatever you may be going through, how often have you complained about the same thing over and over again in your life? I don't know, like I said, I don't know, but as I was preparing this message, I felt enough I felt I felt strongly to just stay on this portion of, of, of the topic here to talk about complaining 
How often in your life have you complained to God about the same thing or things over and over in your life? How often have you stopped and thanked God for whatever is happening in your life, whether it's good or bad? And I want you to ask yourself, be honest with yourself tonight and ask yourself those questions, these questions. You see, when, when, when we stop seeing God's hand of protection and provision in our life, we start to trust in man. When we take our eyes off of God, when we take our eyes off of him, we have to look somewhere else. And that's what the children of Israel were doing. They were taking their eyes off consistently from, uh, uh, from God. They turned their eyes away from God and they were looking towards the world. They were looking towards their neighbors. They were looking at, uh, towards the other nation. And they start to trust in man. And we have the same, we, there are people, they, many of us fall into that same, same place in our lives. Many of us are at that place in our life. We look, at, we look at things based on our own ability and we trust not only in ourselves, but we also trust in man. And we start to trust in the system, not only in man and in ourselves, but in the system of this world, instead of leaning on God. And I'm sure and I'm certain that we all have been there in our lives. Maybe if some of you are right there right now at that place in your life. And there are some people, no matter how well things are going, with them, they always, they always would find a reason to complain about something. And, I was, and, 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 and as I was reading, as I was reading this passage, reading for, to prepare this message here this week, there are three things that uh, I, came, I came across, three, three different groups of people that are categorized as complainers. And I'm going to just touch on it a, a little here tonight. There are three groups of complainers. And maybe Moses had to deal with these same types of people every single day of his life for the next 40 years as he was taking them um, to the promised land. And here the first one. They are chronic complainers. And chronic complainers are those who, nev who are never satisfied, even in the midst of progress. They find something to complain of. Even when things are going right or things are good in their life, they still find something to complain. They are chronic. They find a means to complain about everything. And maybe you need to check your life tonight. Maybe you need to look deep down in your heart. Because some of us never look at the, the, the things that God is doing in our lives. We have turned away our eyes from all the good things that God has done. And we find everything else wrong with our lives. And maybe God is speaking to you this afternoon. I don't know where I'm going to be going with this message. But I trust that God is speaking to your heart. And not only do we have chronic complainers. Then you have those who, 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 who they describe as, as venters. They love to vent. These are the second group of people. Their focus is always about their negative experiences. And this, gr this group of people is called venters or, 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 or venting. So this group, all of, this group itself are people who are looking for attention. They want people to sympathize with them. It's always about their story. It's always about they want their voice to be heard. It's always about how things are going in their life. 
and they are so self-centered that they that everyone they 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 see everyone as their problem. Everything else is their problem. And they continue to vent over and over and over again. Even when God is doing a work in, in, in their life, they still go back to that place of venting about their experiences. It's either something in their past, consistently they go back to. And that's what the children of Israel were doing constantly. They were going back to Israel. The pomegranates and the grapes and, the, and all the beautiful things. The cucumbers. Why didn't you bring us out here to die? Why are you giving us manna? Why are you giving us quail? But they never see that they were free from the hands of the Egyptians because they felt that they were still in bondage. In their mind, they were still in bondage. They wanted to be slaves. And many of us, the enemy will keep us at that place in our life. Because we consistently go back to our past. We consistently go back to the things that, that God has delivered us from. And yet God wants us to walk in, 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 his, in, in freedom of those things. Yet again, we put ourselves back there. And there you look consistently to complain. And you'll never find victory if you continue to complain. The children, as much as they were delivered from the hands of the enemy, they were still, they were still slaves in their mind. And many people are like that in their life. Even when God set them free, even when the Lord delivered them, even when God take their hand and lead them, they still continue to go back based on their past experience and all the things that goes wrong in their life. So you have the chronic complainers, you have those who vent and are looking so that people can sympathize with them. And then the third group is called the instrumental complainers. The instrumental complainers are not like the chronic complainers or the ones who vent. Oh, these are people who, they, they find fault at any and everything. They find fault, that they, they look at something and they will always, find, they always see a fault in it. You'll always see something wrong with it. And come to think about it, brothers and sisters, Moses, like I said earlier, may have had to deal with these same group of people. They complained so much that at one time Moses got so angry with them that he disobeyed the command of the Lord when God said to Moses, go speak to the rock. And, and water will come out of the rock. Moses went and he struck the rock because he got so angry. And his anger and his disobedience caused him, his leadership to, let the, to lead the people into the promised land. Because he, be, he was the one chosen to lead. But failed along the way because of the hardness of the heart of the people. Which is the reason why the leadership is given to Joshua. That one mistake that Moses made in his life caused him the leadership. But not, it, 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 God did not withhold his promises to, 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 to Moses. But God still had to deal with his disobedience. So to this week here I would like to, to, I would like to title this message God. God's encouragement to Joshua. And it will also serve as a reminder. This message here will also serve as a reminder to each and every one of us that are listening today. 
There are four things that God reminded Joshua of who he is. And I want to share that this evening, but I'm not going to cover the entire four and four topics here that we're going to discuss. Maybe over the weeks we're going to touch on each one of them. This week we're going to look at a little of the first one. And then we're going to continue maybe the next week as to where God is leading us. Like I said, I sat, this, uh, and, sat and prepared this message. And I felt strongly in my heart that God wanted me to talk about complainers. Because it set the context as to where we're going to go with the remaining part of this passage. So the first thing that God encouraged Joshua is that, that, that he is a God of promise. He is still a covenant-making God, God of promise. Let's look at verse 1 and 4. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving to them. Here God says, I am giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot the sole of your foot will tread upon. I have given to you. God has already given them the land. They now have to go take possession of it. And God says, I will keep my promise. The same promise I made with Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. God says, I'm going to fulfill my promise. And God always keep his word. God always keep his promises. And Joshua will confess that at the end of the book. We'll get to that sometime. And here what God says, not only that I'm giving you this land, but here what he says, every, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promises, promise, sorry, Moses, from the wilderness. And God, cre- God let them know from the extent of the border of this promise. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, he says, As far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. They just have to go take possession of it. Not only is he a God of promise. Second thing God said to Moses in the verses that we read here tonight. Look at verse 5 for those of you who are following. That not only that he's a God of promise, but that he's also a God of power. And here God says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. No man shall be able to stand against you. God of power, because I'm the one who protects. I'm the one who builds a hedger over your life. I'm the one who keeps you. I'm the one who takes your hands and guide your feet and lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. It is God who has the power to protect and to keep. And not only that, God of power, not only God of, of promise, God of power, but also God of presence. Hear what God says. No man shall be able, verse, same verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. But then look at the, then look at the latter part of that verse. Just as I was with Moses. Hear what he says. I will be with you. And I will not leave you nor forsake you. God of presence, he promised to be with us in our going outs and in our coming in. And not only God's presence was with them in the day of a pillar of cloud and the, and, 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 and the fire by night, but God's presence is with us today. The power of the Holy Spirit that lives within every one of us. Those who come to faith in Jesus Christ. Not only do we have the God's, power, God's power, God's promises today, we also have God's power and we also have God's presence. 
And God will encourage Joshua in one final thing, that I'm also a God of precepts. Look at verse 7. Only be strong and be very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, my servant, command you. These are the condition for them to enter into the promised land. Here's the condition. God says, keep my words. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. The key for them to be successful was to, was to keep the, their obedience, their, their walk and obedience to the Lord. They were to keep God's word, hid, hiding, hiding it in their hearts, obeying God in, in everything that he said and done. For then you will make your way success. Then you will have good success. Have I not command you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Their success was dependent upon their obedience. And we know the story at the end of the book of Joshua is that most of these people fail. I'm not going to give it out to you over the, maybe the next couple, course of the next couple of weeks. See the opening verse of Joshua chapter 1 verse 12, verse 1 and 2. Let me go back there. The opening verse of the, uh, uh, verses of Joshua 1 and 2. So we looked at quickly, we looked at God, that God's encouragement to Joshua, which we're going to look at over the course of the week, is God's promise, God's presence, God's power, and God's precepts. We're going to look at those things, how God encouraged Joshua and reminded him as to who he is. And those are the same thing God reminded us of as well. You see the opening verse that, Mo, that, that God says in, 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 to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. Moses, my servant is dead. Which is the servant of the Lord. And this is maybe the first time. Moses is the first one who is going to be given this title. The servant of the Lord. And it's used maybe two times here. When it comes to Moses. He says, my servant Moses is dead. And here we see God is now commissioning Joshua to take on the leadership over the people of Israel. But before we can explore the passage that we read here tonight and get deeper into it, we, 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 we first need to consider a few things to shed light, onto where, shed light as to where God, the, the children of Israel, are in their journey with the Lord. And I want to I help bring some of that tonight. So the first thing that we need to understand that the book of Joshua is a continuation from Deuteronomy 34, which ends, Deuteronomy 34 ends with the death of Moses. For us to understand the, the book of Joshua, we need to start from Deuteronomy 34 to get the, a sense of what is happening. Because it con, it's a continuation when you read it. But what do we know? And I wanted to take a moment to talk about, not only is a continuation, because Deuteronomy 34 ends with the death of Moses and, jo and Joshua chapter 1 continues with Joshua as the next leader. But I want to shed light on Moses this week here. What do we know about Moses? We know that Moses lived for 120 years. 120 years. The first 40 years of Moses' life he spent as a prince in Egypt. And many of us couldn't remember that story. 
that Moses could not stand to, 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 to see his people being mistreated and so he killed an Egyptian and he buried him. And then later on he will fled for his life. So 40 years he spent as a prince of Egypt and then the next 40 years he spent it at the back of a desert mending sheep, taking care of his fatherless sheep. Not knowing that God had a greater plan for his life and felt that that was his life all along. And one day God shows up to him in a burning bush. And God says, Moses, the ground on which you stand is holy. Take off your shoe. And God spoke to Moses and commanded him, commissioned him to go back to Egypt, where he fled from, and to deliver his people. To fulfill God's promise that he made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So 40 years in Egypt and 40 years at the back of a desert, mending sheep, not knowing that God was training him to become the leader. And then the next remaining 40 years he spent with a bunch of, 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 of with, uh, with the Israelites, a bunch of complainers. And God leading them to the promised land to fulfill God's promise. And that's where Deuteronomy ends. Deuteronomy ends with the death of Moses. Not only the death, but the burial. Hear what it says. And Moses was on top of Mount, Mount Fishga. God showing Moses all the land that he promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. All the offspring and to his offspring. And due to Moses' disobedience, like you heard me says, not listening to the voice of God. He was not allowed to enter into the land, the promised land. But God honored his word by showing Moses that yes, he did his final part. But he was not going to be the one to put his feet and to take the people in the land. He brought them thus far. And what was unique about Moses? What was unique about Moses is that no prophet, the Bible says, when you read Deuteronomy, when you read the end of Deuteronomy, verse 11 and 12, hear, hear what it says, what was unique about Moses. There was no prophet like Moses, and there has not risen, verse 11 says, and there has not arise a prophet since in Israel like Moses. When the Lord, when the Lord sent him to do when the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all the servants and to all the land for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. They said they have never been anyone like Moses. Moses experiences ten plague, the ten plagues on the, on the lives of the Egyptians. He experienced God's presence. He experienced God's power. He experienced God's protection. And it doesn't mean that no one else didn't. But Moses sought God's demonstration of God's power, the ten plagues. And the Bible said there has never been anyone like Moses. You see, that's not the only thing about the book of Joshua. Not that it's a continuation of Deuteronomy 34, but also the second thing is that the book of Joshua is, 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 is also um, speaks of God's final judgment on the children of Israel. Now why am I saying that? God's final judgment on the children of Israel? Yes, God's final judgment on the children of Israel. For us to understand Joshua is that God is going to deal with a generation that came out. And God promised them that none of them will enter. That generation that came out, none of them will enter into the promised land. Only everyone from 20 years up and older will enter. Ananda will enter into that land. Their offspring will enter but none of them will. And God promised that he will bring judgment 
Not only that he's going to fulfill his promise to take them into the promised land, but also fulfill his promise to bring judgment upon them. On that generation that came out. Numbers 13. And, and here's the reason why God brought judgment on them. Numbers 13. For many of you who know the stories when Moses sent out the 12 spies. He took, a tri- he took a spy from each tribe and he sent them into the land. To spy out the land of Canaan. And then 40 days later they all came back with, the, with, with fruits and a report of what they saw. So the 12 tribe came back and even Joshua and Caleb was among them. And the report was this. Here is what the report was. That the people are strong. All of them came back and said that the people are strong. When they looked that these people are strong. The cities have walls so great and so very large. And hear what it says. Hear what it says. And we saw descendants of Anak, giants. Which goes back into Genesis chapter 6. When the Bible speaks of the sons of God or the fallen angels marrying to the daughters of men. And the offsprings were known as giants or Anak. And that was numbers. That was their news that they came back that they saw giants and the cities are big and the walls are strong. And there's no way that we can go against these people. And then numbers 14, the people rebel against God. When they came back, they rebel against God except for Joshua and Moses. Number 14, verse 1, uh, uh, verse one and 4 give us that, that story. said, then all the congregation raised a loud cry. That's the people. When they heard about giants and they heard about big walls and they heard about all the things that, that the, the land um, of Canaan has. Then all the congregation raised a voice and the people wept that night. And the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said, would, would, that, would that we had died in the land of Egypt? Here again they are saying, we would have, it's better for us to die in the land of Egypt. Or would that we had died in the wilderness. They said it's better for us to die in Egypt and die in the wilderness. Why? Why is the Lord? Why is the Lord bringing, this, bringing us into this land of Canaan? To, to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? Yes, go back to slavery. So what the people were saying basically, hear, hear what they said. And hear what the people said to one another. And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. It is better for us to go back to Egypt. Let us choose a leader so that we can go back to Egypt. So what the people were saying there is saying to God that here is what we don't want. We don't want you to be our leader. You brought us out of the, from the hand of the Egyptian. You brought us into this wilderness. And now you are taking us and our children and our wives into a land where there are giants. And people who are going to kill us and destroy us. Well, they have turned their eyes so much away from God that they fail to see who God is. And that's what happened to many people today. We look at our problems and we think our problems is bigger than our God. And that's the reason why sometimes we complain so much. Because we believe that our problem is greater than our God and we never see the greatness of our God. That is exactly what they were doing. Take us back into Egypt. Make us slaves. Let us die. You're going to take us there and for giants to kill us? To take our wives and our children? And then 
Verse 14, Joshua and Caleb responded, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceeding good land. This is Joshua and Caleb, the two tribes out of ten, are bringing back good news, not bad news. What is the reason why God chose him as a leader? Hear what he says, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceeding good land. He said the land is good because God, that's your promise. If the Lord delights in us, we will bring, he will bring us. Hear what Joshua said. If God delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us. No, no, no. God had already given it to them. And how many times we know of God's promise over our lives and we sometimes fail to think that God hasn't fulfilled his promise. Yes, many of us are there in our lives today that we, sometimes we turn our backs and our eyes away from what God is doing in our lives. But hear what Joshua says. Joshua says, if the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give, us, give, it, it, give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. See, ten, ten tribes are complaining that they can't go up against these people. But Joshua and Caleb says, yeah, this is possible. With God, all things is possible. With God, all things are possible. With man, it's impossible. But with God, and that's what Joshua is saying, yes, if God delights in us, he will give us the land. But this land here, and Joshua is speaking out, and Caleb, that the land flows with milk and honey. It's a ripe land. It's a prosperous land. Only do not rebel against the Lord, Joshua says. And do not fear the people of the land. Do not look at the enemies and fear them. Because the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. For they are, for they are, they are, for they are bread for us. Joshua said that when you see, you see giants. But when I see, I see them as bread. That because God is the one who will take us in. And God is the one who will deliver us. And God is the one who will fight for us. If God says he's given us this land, the land belongs to us. Why are we afraid? They are just like bread to us. Their protection is removed from them and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them, Joshua plead with the people. And then here, God's response to the ten tribes. This is why judgment came upon them. How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? God says, how long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. So to say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. You want to go back to Egypt? You want to be slave? You want to hear what God says you're going to do? Your dead bodies shall fall in the wilderness. And of all your numbers listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have grumbled against me. God says from 20 years up I'm going to destroy you. My judgment is upon you. None of you will enter into the land of Canaan. Not one shall come into the land where I swore that I will make you dwell except Caleb the son of Jephthah and, and Joshua the son of Nun. Only these two tribes are going to enter in. But your little ones who you said will become a prey, I will bring them in. Your little ones, 20 years and under, I will bring them into the land. And they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, 
Your dead body shall fall in the wilderness and your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness for 40 years and shall suffer for your faithlessness until the last for your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. And God says, God could have taken them, what took them maybe 40, what could have taken them 40 days into the enter into the land of Canaan. God kept them for 40 years until every one of them that came out died from 20 years and upwards dead. And the judgment of God came upon their life. So not only we need to understand that the book of Joshua, that, that, that it comes to the end of Moses' life, but it was the final judgment upon the children of Israel. When every one of them died out, it was time for them now to enter into the land. A new generation. And even with the death of Moses, final judgment came. That God was now ready to take the children into the land of Israel. If there was one still alive, it, God was still going to wait until that one old generation passed out. And this is when we turn our eyes away from God and we consistently um, complain. We're going to see everything and, and we're going to continue to murmur and complain. The children of Israel were no different and it cost them their life. It cost them their relationship. It cost them everything. And maybe you are at that place in your life where all you do is complain. Like I said earlier on. You complain about God for everything. But you never take time to, to stop and think about God's faithfulness. God's goodness in your life. God's provision over your life. God's protection over your life. And God's presence consistently every day when you wake up in the morning. It is God's presence with you. Don't be like the children of Israel. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to the, the second thing here. Sorry, the, the final thing. Not only is with Joshua, but finally God, God, God is going to now fulfill his promise. Moses, dead. Joshua, the new leader. Children, judgment on the children of Israel. And finally God is going to fulfill. And that's where the book of Joshua begins. And after Joshua and the people of Israel spent... 30 days of mourning, if you read Deuteronomy 34, they spent 30 days of mourning. God shows up on the scene and encouraged Joshua. You see, at the time, Joshua, when Moses died, Joshua was 80 years old. When God delivered the children of Israel and, and Joshua was in the midst of that deliverance, he was 40 years old. And he spent the next 40 years with the children of Israel, a murmuring and complaining generation. So 40 and 40 is 80. And it's going to take him the next 30 years for to possess the land at the end of the book of Joshua. And Joshua would live for 110 years. Moses lived 120 years. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. God came and says, my servant Moses is dead. And I trust and pray that as we, as we continue to look at this passage next week, we're going to see in, Deuter in Joshua chapter 1 how God fulfilled his promise. But here, we're, here what I want to read from Dr. R.C. Sproul before we bring this message to a close and we look at it next week. Here we're, here, we're, here what Dr. R.C. Sproul says. Because Joshua had to, to be reminded that God is the one who needs that we need to look at. Not a murmuring and complaining generation. Dr. R.C. Sproul says, and I hope it's on the screen, that when everything around us seems to testify to the futility of our lives, causing us to lose hope, we are in a covenant relationship with God. Therefore, we are people who live by 
by trust in his promises. We break our promises to one another. We break our promises to God. But God never breaks his promises to us. Throughout history, God has demonstrated that he is supremely trustworthy. That's why, in one sense, nothing could be more foolish than not to trust in the promises of God. So well said by Dr. R.C. Sproul. And next week, we're going to look at God's promises to Joshua. And I pray that the word, the word here this evening uh, is an encouragement to your heart. And I pray that whatever you heard here this afternoon, trust that the Holy Spirit uh, are bearing witness to your spirit. And I pray that you will, I don't know whether you are a complainer. I don't know if you feel that every time you need to complain. But just take time out this evening here. I want to encourage you just to be thankful for what God has done in your life. Look at, the, look, at the, look at the bright side of things. And just give God praise and thanks. Don't be like the children of Israel. Don't fall into the ways of, these, uh, 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 of, their, of their behavior. They were never satisfied. Don't be a chronic complainer. Don't be a venter. Or don't be an instrumental complainer. Just, just, just be someone that are thankful and, 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 and are very appreciative to what God is doing in your life. Despite how bad things may be with you. Just be thankful for what God is doing in your life. In whatever stage you are in right now. Bible says in everything give thanks to the Lord for this is good. And, and, and all things, because you're a child of God, the Bible says all things work together for good to them who love God and to those who are called according to your purpose. He did not save you and deliver you from the hands of the enemy and from the power of sin so that you can always think that you need to go back there like the children of Israel. Why go back? And that's what God did with the children of Israel. He, he pronounced judgment on them. But he came to save that which is lost. And God wants to do the same very thing in your life. It's to allow you to enjoy his presence and his power. And, his, and just to know him. And experience that his love and mercy and grace upon your life. So I trust and pray this week that you will take some time out to reflect on the goodness of God. Let us pray. Father, tonight, Lord, we just want to thank you, God. We just want to. We just want to lift up our voice in appreciation for all that you are doing, God. Lord, we don't want to be a complaining generation. We don't want to be a people that complains for everything that happens in our lives. But God, look to you as the author and the finisher. Lord, look to you as the one who protects and keeps, the one who guides and the one who is able to, to, to keep us, Lord. We just pray, Father, Lord, for, for, for your continuous guidance and protection of our lives. Help us not to be a, a, a people that complains. I pray for families. I pray for everyone that are listening to the song of my voice this evening, God, that, Lord, that as they look in personally into their own lives, God, that they will, they will confess and come to you and, and seek your forgiveness, Lord. And, Lord, to see the, see the things that you are doing in their lives. The way you uphold them and you keep them by their, your, your right hand of righteousness. Your word says that you go before us, you go beneath us, you, you, you go under us, you go beside us. You said that you will always be with us in our going outs and our coming in. 
God, I pray that you will touch your people, every one of us this evening. And so we give thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.